Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, as Cromwell's forces moved across Ireland, a group of Franciscan monks in Leitrim opted to leave their friary and hide in the woods and mountains in the south of the county. And they brought a chalice with them so they could continue to say Mass. But sometime later, that chalice disappeared. 400 years afterwards, Monsignor Liam Kelly began his detective work to track it down and joins us now. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, could you first tell us a bit about this chalice? Because it was quite distinctive. Yes, it was a chalice that was given to the Franciscan Friary in Jamestown in the year 1644. And um, it has an inscription on it, which is Pro Residencia uh, Fatrum Minorum de Winterolus 1644, for the residence of the Friars Minor of Winterolus 1644. So it's a historic chalice and an important one. And uh, it's happy days that it has come back to Ireland. Right. And, and, and at the time, though... Uh, the 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 uh, the residents of the friary were they told to flee flee the country altogether? They were. The Jamestown held out um, until almost the end of the Cromwellian campaign, but the, the uh, Jamestown fell in in March of of uh, 1653, and um, the friary was suppressed. And part of the agreement that was reached between the local uh, Irish uh, military and the Cromwellian forces was that all priests would leave the country within a period of one month. Right, the okay. The didn't do that, and instead, as you said, they disappeared into the mountains and uh, woods of Leitrim and brought the chalice with them. And is it known how long the Franciscans were there for, or where they may have gone next? Well, the the maintainer presence in Leitrim uh, scattered, not as a community, but scattered around Leitrim uh, until the early 1800s. Right, okay, so they were still there, but I, I assume it's not known whether the chalice was still there. It's not known when the, when, the, when the chalice went, but we think what happened was that the chalice was brought by Franciscan priests, Irish Franciscan priests, to America in the decades after the Great Famine. Right, okay. So, so when you started looking, like, did you have any idea where it might be? No, I didn't. But uh, when I started researching um, back in 2017, I came across a few references to this chalice. The earliest one was in a Washington periodical way back in the year 1916. And uh, it referred to this uh, famous chalice that was in Cincinnati with the Sisters of Charity there. So it's all over 100 years in that convent in Cincinnati. Okay, and I suppose the way of identifying it was because of the inscription that was unique. Because of the inscription, but the people in Cincinnati, when I contacted them in 2017, hadn't a clue where Winter Olis was, because that's the Irish term for the area of South Leitrim that this chalice was uh, given to. Mm. So they had no idea where the chalice came from, or even that it had come from Ireland. Oh my God. And, and, and so what was, was the chalice still being used in, in Ohio? It was on display when I contacted them, it was on display in a cabinet there in what they call their arc room uh, in, in Cincinnati. So it wasn't being used at that stage anyway. OK, but did they know it came from Ireland at least? No, they didn't, no. Oh. They, had no they had no clue Gosh. how much is referred to at all. Yeah, but they just knew it, it, they just knew it was old, I suppose. And it they had, had the date, somewhere. the 1644 date was quite clear on it. Yeah. So they knew, knew it was famous or knew it was, uh, it was old, but didn't know where it came from. All right, and so when you uh, uh, contacted them and, and gave an explanation of where it came from, 
was there, I suppose, a bit of a negotiation about perhaps repatriating it? No, there was none at that stage because that was I was working on a, a chapter for Leitrim History and Society volume that was coming out and all I needed at that stage was confirmation from them that they had it but they also provided some photographs of the chalice for me which we used in that, in that volume. So the, that was all at that stage but there was a key person there, Veronica Buchanan who was a lay archivist in Cincinnati and she kept in touch with me by email and just last May then, out of the blue, she emailed me to say that they were downsizing in the convent in Cincinnati and that they were looking for a new home for this chalice. So of course, I was overjoyed, needless to say. And we reached an agreement at that stage that I would travel personally to Cincinnati to collect it and bring it safely back. But also that uh, the parish of St. Mary's Church in Carrick and Shannon, the parish where the chalice began its life 378 years ago, would be the new owners of the chalice. Okay. The, what kind of condition uh, is it in? It's in very good condition and the inscription is very clear on it. There's, it's slightly blotched uh, or the, the gold plating is sli- slightly blotched on it, but it's in very good condition and the inscription is very clear. Right. Okay. And, and, and it's back home now. Is that the case? It's back home now. Yesterday, uh, I, at a special mass in Carrick and Shannon, uh, we handed it over to the parish and uh, the parish are going to give it on loan then to St. George's Heritage Centre in Carrick and Shannon so that it can be viewed there by the public. Right, OK. Th- th- is, is, is there any kind of complications bringing something uh, uh, that back from, like that back from the United States? Do you have to declare it or, 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 or fill out any forms or anything? Yeah, I was a bit concerned about that because, you know, wondering will, you know, would I be able to bring this through customs or would there be any problems Um but the people in Cincinnati drew up what's called a deed of gift agreement, uh, which gave me ownership of the chalice. And uh, I used that then. But it, it actually, I, I used it to carry on luggage on the plane and there was no problem at all getting through customs. Ah, right. OK. How, what size is it? It's about nine inches tall. It's very elegant. It's beautiful handwork on it and beautiful... Uh, artwork on it as well. There's a crucifix and uh, beautiful flowers and stuff like that on the base. So it's a very elegant, rather small chalice, but it is nine inches tall. Yeah. Uh, and it's made of gold and pewter? Well, possibly. I'm not, I'm ah. not an expert on this. It, it may not be pewter, but I'm not certain. But it is gold-plated. Mm. Is it known where it was made? No. And uh, that, um, but there were, you know, gifted or uh, uh, people in Dublin and Cork and various places at that time. And there were quite a few chalices made at that time because uh, we have three old chalices relating to County Leitrim. There was one in uh, 1536 given uh, to Fina Abbey, one in 1619 to Crivelli and Winterolis at Friary in 1644. So we, we now know that those three chalices exist. And what normally happened was that it was a wealthy family like the O'Rourke's would give give a gift of a chalice to um, uh, a friary or to a nabby. And that's what happened in both Fina and Crivoli. But we don't know who uh, donated this Winterola's chalice because there's no donor's name on it. Right, okay. And I suspect it was too dangerous at that stage to have your name on the chalice. And I suppose even the, the person who made the chalice wouldn't have, you know there'd be no identification marks in the bottom of it or anything That's like right. That. That's yeah, right. for yeah, the same reasons. Right. So will it, is it now in the Heritage Centre permanently? 
uh, it's on loan and it's, you know, uh, from the parish to the heritage centre. So I, I don't know how long it's going to be there, but I suspect it'll be there quite a long time, but I don't know. Right, OK. Well, congratulations. Uh, are, are, are you doing any other detective work at the moment? Uh, I'm always rooting at something, but nothing nothing in particular at the moment. Yeah. Right, OK. We'll, 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 we'll talk to you again, perhaps, when you're, you make your next discovery. And thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Monsignor Liam Kelly there, uh, 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 part-time detective and priest. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.